Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. From the very beginning, the enemy of our souls has been at war against God. He uses all manner of tactics to at least attempt to thwart the work of God. Satan's number one method is to try and destroy God's chosen people, Israel. And that method is at an all-time high right now. The nation of Israel and its prime minister is constantly under attack. Well, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update, as shared on December 1st, 2019. So much has happened since our last update one month ago on November 3rd. So I went to the Lord, I sought the Lord, and I sensed that the Lord would have us to zero in on what I would argue is the most important development of prophetic significance to take place over the last few weeks. And what I'm speaking of is what I'll call the unchartered territory, and I'll explain what I mean by that. The unchartered territory we're now in geopolitically and more importantly prophetically. Let me explain what I mean by unchartered, not uncharted. Uncharted means unmapped, unknown. Well, we do know there is a map. In God's Word, we're told what it's going to look like and be like. So I'm not going to use the word uncharted in that context. I'm using the word unchartered, different meaning, because it carries with it the idea of lacking a charter, or if you prefer authorization, or regulation granting the rights to proceed. This is unchartered territory that we're in currently, specifically as it relates to proceeding with the unprecedented impeachment of a U.S. president. Well, wait a minute, we've had presidents impeached, yeah. But what's unprecedented about this one is the process. It's unchartered. And with it, interesting, the indictment, unprecedented, indictment of a sitting Israeli prime minister. What I'm hoping to do today, if you'll kindly indulge me, is share with you what all of this means, and what's behind this coup d'etat, which Webster's defines as a sudden, decisive, 
exercise of force in politics, especially the violent overthrow or alteration of an existing government by a small group. Boy, that's a pretty apt description, wouldn't you say? And I use the word coup because according to this Ynet News report, that's what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is calling him. Netanyahu has stated that the criminal indictment against him is an attempt at a government coup and that he will continue to lead Israel. It should be noted that this is the first time in Israel's history that a sitting Prime Minister has been charged with a crime. It should also be noted that this has thrown Israel's already paralyzed political system into further disarray. Speaking of further disarray, and I'll add division, Al Jazeera published an article in which they ask this question. Has the Trump impeachment inquiry divided Americans even further? How would you answer that? It absolutely has. In it they say that two months into the impeachment investigation into U.S. President Donald Trump, the American people find themselves bitterly split on the inquiry. Hmm. Dare I say that this further disarray is a textbook case of divide and conquer in the realm of the demonic. What do you mean? I want to be as loving as I can when I say this. And, and I, I say this because God has done a, a really profound and powerful work in my own heart concerning this. Our battle we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not about Democrats against Republicans. This is not about right against left. This is a spiritual battle, and it's textbook. This is right out of Satan's playbook. Divide and conquer. Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. Last time I checked, it's still called the United States of America. Kind of sad a little bit, because it seems that it's anything but. Has Satan succeeded? I believe so. That's what's really going on here. The powers of darkness, listen please, know how high and eternal the stakes are. Would to God that more Christians did. The devil knows there's not much time left. 
Would to God that more Christians knew that. It's important to remember that the devil seeks the destruction of Israel and the Jewish people. Right? And he has from the beginning. It actually started when he possessed Cain to murder Abel. The seed, the promised seed, Savior, a prophecy of the virgin birth, Genesis 3.15, came from not Abel, Seth. And from that beginning to the end of human history, Satan has sought to exterminate, eliminate, annihilate the Jewish people. Why? Because from the Jewish people comes the Savior of the world that's going to crush his head. Oh, Satan's going to bruise his heel, but ultimately Jesus will crush his head. That's why. That's what's really going on here. It's about the destruction of Israel, the annihilation of Israel. And there's a problem, because America today is in the way. That's a problem. That's why, by the way, <laughs> when the Ayatollah and the Islamic, I don't want to say the Iranian people, there's a great revival right now in, in Iran, by the way. You know that, I hope. I've talked about it. You should go online, do a search. It'll bless your heart. It'll convict your heart too. More Iranians are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by the multitudes certainly more than are here in America. So when I talk about Iran, I'm talking about the regime. And they chant. And it's always death to America first. Why? Because we got to get America out of the way, then it's death to Israel. Death to America, the great Satan. Death to Israel, the little Satan. <laughs> that is Satan, right? It's also important to remember, this is where I'm going with this, stay with me, that the Netanyahu-Trump team poses a formidable threat under the banner of a united America and an undivided Israel, namely Jerusalem. You understand that just in that one statement, I just blanket covered a number of prophecies that we have in the pages of Holy Writ concerning Jerusalem, Zechariah 12 being chief amongst them. On Friday, Arut Sheva published a most interesting piece about how if they knife Netanyahu, Trump's peace plan may bleed to death. How's that for imagery? A little graphic. But no, think about it. If you knife Netanyahu, Trump's peace plan will bleed to death. Oh, is that what this is about? Yeah, we got to destroy Netanyahu, we got to destroy Trump, because together they're a threat to our plan. 
We want to divide Jerusalem. They want to unite Jerusalem. You know what's interesting? While I was gone, I'm sure saw the breaking news that President Trump had stated that Israel had the right to Judea and Samaria. You want to build settlements? Go ahead. It's your land. It doesn't, it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. You can, that's Judea and Samaria. And by the way, Judea, does that sound a little bit familiar? Judea. Let me try that again. (laughs) I know it's early service, but Judea. Jew. The Jews. Not the Arabs, not my people. (laughs) The Jewish people. Judea, Samaria. Oh no, we call it the West Bank. Nah, forget it. West Bank, Schmest Bank. Sorry, I got a little bit off on that, but I feel a lot better now. Boy, that's what happens when... Let me uh, quote the report. Some of you are saying, please do. Many reports claim, listen to this, this is very interesting, that Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will soon be finished politically forced to resign as Israel's longest serving prime minister to defend three indictments leveled against him. One consequence of Netanyahu's exit from politics, if it does happen, could see President Trump having second thoughts about releasing his long-awaited and eagerly anticipated deal of the century to end the 100 years old, it's actually quite a bit older than that, Arab-Jewish conflict, which Trump had already promised to release after Israel's next government is formed. Did you, did you hear about Israel's government being formed? I didn't either. You know why? Because it hasn't been formed. A government without Netanyahu, listen to this, at the helm would pose a serious problem for Trump, who has forged a unique relationship of respect and mutual trust with Netanyahu that no other Israeli politician enjoys. That's the problem. They got to go. How are we going to get rid of them? Oh, let's indict them and let's impeach them. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. They got to go. They're in the way. They're in the way of what? (laughs) They're in the way of our plan. I suppose it would be safe to say that the jury is still out on how all of this will play out. However, if the verdict comes in, and it could, and when it does, it's without Netanyahu as prime minister and or Trump as president. I realize I'm going to make a very bold statement here, but I'm going to make it nonetheless. If that happens, and it very well could, then I believe it could usher in the man of sin, aka the Antichrist. Think about it. Two strong leaders, Trump and Netanyahu, what if they're taken out of the picture? Is not, then 
that a perfect storm that will form prophetically, as it were, for this man, this leader, this charismatic leader to arrive on the scene, he will be seen as a Savior. And we're told in the Bible that he will control the world. The world will worship him. They will bow to him. And he will control a one world government, a one world economy, and a one world religion. So you take out the two strongest leaders, arguably, of their respective governments. And let me add this, I might as well. I'm already going to get comments and emails on this, but uh, the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. We're going to see that, by the way, when we get to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I cannot wait. Thank God for Satan being allowed by God to block Paul from going to Thessalonica, going back there, because <laughs> we have two letters that we're going through right now. And when we get to chapter 3, pardon me, chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, we're going to read in verse 3 this astounding prophecy that I believe is speaking of the rapture of the church that must come first. So here this man of sin, the Antichrist, is about to be revealed, but he can't until the church is removed. And I, I will even argue that he can't until Netanyahu and Trump are removed, because they're in the way. And so is the church, by the way. So let's say, for purpose of discussion, that that's how it plays out. The church is taken out, Netanyahu is out, Trump is out, the Antichrist is in. Hello? We're out of here. Because the church has to be raptured before the seven year tribulation. Could this be? Please hear me out on this. Could this be, this is not hyperbole, could this be that we are on the cusp of the seven year tribulation? a.k.a. the time of Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble, not the church's trouble. Daniel's 70th week. Could it be that we're on the cusp of the seven-year tribulation? Listen to what Jesus said concerning the final seven years of human history as we know it. He says, for then, Matthew 24, 21, there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Here's a question, and I'll bring it in for a landing. If we're seeing this begin to happen now, how close are we? In other words, 
if we're now beginning to see that which will ultimately be fulfilled in and during the seven year tribulation happen now, then how close are we to the tribulation? Jesus answers this question in one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, when the disciples asked him about the signs of his return. He says, when these things, keyword, begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The closer we get to our final destination, the more signs there will be that we will see. Let me say the same thing again in a different way. You know how it is when the closer you get, the more signs there are. I mean, when you first start out, the sign will say something like, you know, 528 miles. Of course, not here on the island. It's more like 35 miles (laughs) to your destination. So you're driving along, and then the closer you get uh, to your destination, well, now there's more, more frequent signs. Now it's 10 miles. Now it's 5 miles. Now it's 2 miles. Now it's next exit. The closer you get to your destinations, the more signs there are. 1997, my wife and I, this is BC, not before Christ, before children. (laughs) We uh, traveled a lot, actually. And we went to Egypt and stayed with my aunt, who uh, has a home in Giza, which is where the pyramids are. It was so cool. And so we decided to go from Giza to uh, Alexandria and then to Cairo. That was a mistake. The biggest mistake was when we missed the train and had to take a cab driven by an Arab. You haven't lived or died (laughs) until you've ridden in a cab with an Arab from Alexandria, from Cairo to Alexandria. So here's my wife and I, and I'm sitting in the front. Uh, she's sitting in the back, you know, behind me. <laughs> it is a custom in my country. Anyway, she's sitting in the back seat, and I'm in the front, and uh, no AC, and he's driving really fast. And it's about, uh, depending on how fast, it's about maybe an hour and a half uh, drive from Cairo to Alexandria. And it seemed like it was an eternity, because when we first started out, and the way he was driving, I actually had to threaten him in Arabic. I said to him, I said, if you keep driving like this, I will not pay you. And the reason I said that to him was because I thought we were going to see Jesus. There was one really close call where had my hand been outside the window, I could have touched the truck that he was passing at 180 miles per hour. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.